In response to the mass layoffs at BuzzFeed News, AOL, Yahoo, and Huffington Post, many people on the internet decided to send the message, learn to code to these people who are losing their jobs. Why? Because whenever there's an industry that experiences mass layoffs, journalists write articles saying, why don't you just learn to code? Seemingly lacking any empathy towards the person who lost their job. Thus, these people decided to send a message to the journalists saying basically the same thing. But lo and behold, the journalists are outraged. How dare they say this to them? But now we can truly see the real lack of ethics coming from these people. In response to a lot of mean tweets, many of these journalists are angry that Twitter isn't banning any of these people for simply being mean. But why would Twitter? Twitter didn't ban the people who are harassing the Covington kids. Why would they ban anybody for simply being mean? And now we can see NBC News in a conflict of interest because of one of their reporters has actually written a story about this, failing to mention he is in fact a subject of his own story and is advocating for direct action. This is a major violation of standard ethics. So today, let's take a look at the controversy surrounding Learn to Code, and I'll give you a really good example of unethical journalism and why people are just so angry with these fake journalists. But before we get started, head over to minds.com slash Timcast and follow me there, because with the changes hitting YouTube, I want to make sure I have a legitimate backup on a separate platform that is not one of the major networks. So again, minds.com slash Timcast. There's a really important point that needs to be made in everything that's happening with BuzzFeed and Huffington Post. This story from the Columbia Journalism Review, The Digital Winter Turns Apocalyptic. The story talks about a lot of the general news we heard. They say, we already knew that local newspapers were near the bottom of their death spirals, running with skeleton crews as hedge funds bleed them dry. The legacy brands, including New York Times, Washington Post, and even the LA Times are doing fine for the moment, thanks largely to the Trump bump and billionaire owners. But nobody thinks that's a sustainable trajectory for industry growth. So that left BuzzFeed, Huffington Post, Vice, and Vox, which weren't exactly expected to keep growing forever, but which we hoped would make it long enough to hire us when we got laid off from Mike, Mashable, Gizmodo, Media Group, or Focative. What became clear this week is that if the digital natives do survive, it might not have much to do with news gathering, which both investors and advertisers have recently discovered an allergy to. The hard news bloodbath was particularly acute at BuzzFeed, which lost not only its health team and national news desk, but also the diggers behind a lot of the site's national security coverage. The brands want to spend pennies to reach millions and ensure that their ads never appear anywhere potentially controversial. News is not a pathway to that future. There are a lot of people celebrating what's going on, and there are some people who absolutely deserve to be fired, and there are some people who absolutely do not. There were some really good reporters at BuzzFeed News. Yes, a lot of people are going to recoil in horror because they're so used to BuzzFeed pumping out complete and utter nonsense, which they often do. But there are legitimate reporters working at this company. And whenever these layoffs happen, you, you need to realize the first people to be cut are not going to be the opinion desk, the, the, the opinion desk writers. It's going to be hard news for one simple fact. Legitimate investigations take time and resources and could potentially be fruitless. Tell that to an investor. I need a hundred grand for this year to investigate a major corporation I, I believe is engaging in corrupt behavior. They'll say, okay, and if they aren't, then we get nothing. Well, there's nothing to, pro- there's nothing to publish. There's no product. Why would I spend money on that? And this is what happens. The investors then realize you can hire more clickbait and ragebait writers to pump out trash because it's more likely to make money than legitimate news reporting. But I will point out, there are many people who have jobs that I don't quite understand why they have jobs in the first place or why they're paid so much money. One thing I pointed out on Twitter is that I used to do labor 
I would load planes at an airport, often lifting about 50,000 pounds per day. Many people would often get injured and they would take time off and they made about $10 per hour. And then one day I found myself in a New York newsroom where people were drinking coffee, sitting around doing nothing, many of them alcoholics and having cocaine addictions, getting paid between fifty dollars to $100,000 at the high end to sit around talking about Brad Pitt's junk. I'm not talking about legitimate news reporters. I'm talking about the culture writers, opinion writers, and people who just crank out rage bait, who get paid more than double or triple what day laborers actually get paid. Why should they get paid so much money to do so little? I never understood, but hey, the industry supported it. In reality, it was venture capital. Many of you are probably already aware of the learn to code meme. Basically, people are posting this supercut of many different stories telling miners and coal miners that they should learn to code and how this is a great thing. But when people point this back in their direction, they get outraged that anyone would dare say it. It would seem like a complete and utter disdain for blue collar jobs. But there's another really important point that needs to be brought up as to why these companies are collapsing. For one, they're operating for the most part off of venture capital. They don't actually make money and they never learned how to survive. They just get investment, burn through it very quickly, and then lay people off. As a society expands, that society needs more housing and more food. That means if you produce food, As society expands, so will your market share and you will need to hire more people. Thus, we will see more farmers or we'll see more people producing equipment for farming. We'll see more people working on homes. We'll see more plumbers and more contractors. That makes sense. But sharing information doesn't need to expand because one person writing one opinion blog can still reach 10 million people, 100 million people, even a billion people. There's no limitation to information. As society expands, journalism will not expand with it. And thus, an investment into digital media is a bad idea. And full disclosure, I have been offered investment on numerous occasions, and I have rejected all of it because it doesn't make sense. You need to grow organically. These companies shouldn't have hired these people in the first place to pump out opinion and culture pieces that weren't making money. And now all they've done is bring people on for a few years, burn through their money, their investment, and then fired them. And now these people are upset about it. Rightly so, but it's unfortunate. The business didn't make sense. But I want to show you an example of why people just absolutely detest modern journalism. And I'm not talking about BuzzFeed, and I'm not talking about Huffington Post. I'm talking about NBC News and something that greatly pissed me off. On the 24th, Ben Collins, who was a reporter for NBC News, tweeted, Absolutely nobody is taking this seriously enough, especially the people running the platforms that have created the sort of guerrilla basement platoon of empathy-free children who think school shootings are false flags. Social media execs will never take their role in radicalization seriously for a simple reason. It's a defense mechanism. They did not intentionally create something that is used as a weapon of division and violence. They'll accept any alternate explanation that works as a bomb. Collins, who is a reporter for NBC News, goes on this long screed on the 24th about how he wants to see these platforms take action and how he is outraged that they won't. He tweets, finally, there needs to be actual accountability. People who run social media companies would have to be completely asleep to not see this by now, to not hear these stories. They're living among widespread violence and discord. Their algorithms are abetting. They just let it autoplay. Ben Collins clearly has a perspective and a mission. He wants these people to do something. He's a verified user. He believes action needs to be taken by the people running these companies. So what does he do? He publishes this story. 4chan trolls flood laid off HuffPost BuzzFeed reporters with death threats. The threats are part of a coordinated campaign organized on the far right message board. This is only somewhat true. But this piece 
doesn't disclose that Ben Collins himself is an advocate for policy change and has been actively advocating for these platforms to make these changes. This is a complete and major violation of journalistic ethics for an individual who is campaigning for change not to include in his story that he is the subject of this story. The story is about threats received by these individuals, by other journalists. He falsely concludes, based on a tweet from an activist, Talia Lavin, a freelance writer whose primary income was a political column for Huffington Post before her editors were laid off this week. She claims that 4chan threads are showing this is a coordinated effort by 4chan. But that's not technically true. That's only partially true. And it would seem like the goal of this piece is to push a narrative that is a specific group of people on a specific forum driving this harassment. While 4chan does play a role in many of these coordinated campaigns, it's not like it's only them doing it or that it originates there. It's just one forum. However, it's easy to cherry pick that bit of data and claim this is a far right coordinated campaign when in reality, there are a lot of people on Twitter who are not coming from 4chan, who are joining in in the trolling because that's Twitter. That's what it is. Many of these people are also coming from Reddit. It is not necessarily a far-right campaign, but that fits their narrative very well. That they can point the finger at these social media companies, demand they make a change, present their narrative through a major publication where they don't disclose they are actively engaging in a campaign to affect change. They are activists. And what happens a day later? Ben Collins then tweets, My mentions are still absolutely riddled with death threats, but my favorites are ones like this, which complain that journalists aren't being threatened, then in the same tweet warn them of hangings in the day of rope. Do something, Twitter. And this is how Ben Collins injected himself into the story. He wanted change to happen. He wrote the story about it without disclosing he was advocating for this change personally. And then when he is impacted by the backlash, he highlights the select instances where people are making threats against him to prove his case. I find the outrage very interesting in its selective behavior. Matt Honan tweeted, Jack, one reason journalists were writing about targeted harassment on Twitter before you guys were taking it seriously is because they have long borne the brunt of it, which continues today. Once again, This BuzzFeed news writer has revealed they are writing about a story because they are personally impacted and are demanding change that would solve their personal problems. We can then see that the images posted by Matt Honan are not, in fact, any violation of Twitter's rules. He's highlighting someone saying, this made my day, fake news begging for a job. Bye, bitch. Don't hire them. They produce fake news. None of these are in any way harassment or a violation of the rules. It's simply someone who is laughing on Twitter and they're allowed to do that. And this is why Twitter isn't taking action. But I'm going to pause to point out that if Twitter didn't take action against the people who are advocating for illegal activity against the kids in the Covington case, why would they ban anyone for simply being mean on their platform? If they banned these people, they'd have to ban everyone. But this is an example of the harassment they're receiving. Now look, don't get me wrong. Death threats are never okay. Anybody who's sending death threats or threats of violence against anybody on the platform, well, that's a crime. They should be suspended and banned. But these people aren't complaining about that. They're complaining that people are being mean to them, that they're insulting them. And thus, we can see the coordinated effort using the mainstream media, NBC News, to propagate a false narrative to benefit a private individual. This is an absolutely great example of corruption, the kind of corruption that leads to people happy that these people lose their jobs. But it's one thing when people criticize BuzzFeed and Huffington Post for being digital clickbait blogs. 
It's another thing when these activists at NBC News are weaponizing the platform to push their narrative and solve their own private matters. This BuzzFeed news writer is outraged that Twitter said, what you're reporting does not violate the rules. I have had people send me death threats and I was told it didn't violate the rules. I hate Twitter just as much as many of these people probably do. And that's why I'm actively moving over to Minds because Twitter is trash. Let's take a look at this image he posted. He reported someone named FX Strat Pro. Twitter said there was no violation of the rules. Well, Matt is outraged about this. But what exactly did FX Strat Pro tweeted him? Excited that BuzzFeed finally laid off Tyler King Cade and many others. I always rejoice when enemies fall. Liberalism is an incurable disease, he said. I'm excited that Nick P. Wing and 800 plus liberals were laid off yesterday. It was a great day. Huffington Post has turned out to be the spewer of fake news and liberal propaganda. None of those in any way are a violation of the rules, and it's obvious. And this is just one small account. Why did he think Twitter would step up to remove his critics from the platform when they wouldn't even remove death threats against me and many of these kids at Covington High School? Of course, the people who are watching this video likely already understand and agree that there is a serious problem in journalism that activists have infiltrated these platforms, are actively pushing for policy change, and are actively trying to get these companies to provide them special treatment and will weaponize something as large as NBC News to get their way. This unethical behavior extends far and wide. And it's unfortunate. As I pointed out in the beginning of this video, when the cuts come, it's the real journalists who get cut first because they're the least profitable. As these companies continue to fail, it will only get worse Good journalism gets cut first, and in their death throes, they will pump out the most insane and ridiculous garbage you could possibly ever see. But let me know what you think in the comments below. We'll keep the conversation going. You can follow me on Minds at TimCast. Stay tuned. New videos on this channel every day at 4 p.m., and I'll have more videos on my second channel, youtube.com slash TimCastNews, starting at 6 p.m. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all next time.